Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bright. And this is Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. Good day. Oh, there's Jerry. <laughs> she snuck up on us. Uh, yeah, this one is uh, a part of our, I guess, law enforcement suite. No. Uh, military suite. No. Uh, All well, sort of. Addiction suite. Yes. Okay. Because people are addicted to knowledge, buddy. <laughs> and uh, here in the United States, and I believe in Canada, if you don't graduate high school, and then later on you say, you know what, that was a mistake. I'm just going to go back to high school. And they say, you can't do that. You say, well, what do I do? And then they say, get your GED, dummy. And you go, oh, oh, that's great, because that's my general equivalency diploma, right? And they say, no, that's not what it stands for. No. You should have stayed in high school. Although I don't think they teach this in high school. No, of course they don't. GED, a lot of people do think it stands for general equivalency G- diploma. But I it, always did. It stands for general education development, which is a company, a brand name. Yeah. Like seeing eye dogs. Brand yeah. name. Heroin. Yeah, brand name. Kleenex. Brand name. Mm, barbecue. No. Very nice. Uh, Xeroxes, though. Yeah. Those are called genericized trademarks. Yeah. Band-Aid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things that are, were a trademark name, or still are, mm-hmm. but have become so widespread and so dominant in their market, they become the name for all of the other versions of themselves. Yeah. Petroleum? <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> Vaseline, though. But yes, which should be called petroleum jelly. Yeah, no one says that, though. Weirdos say that. They just say Vaseline or lube. Do you have any petroleum jelly for sale? Yeah. People say, I don't know what you mean. They say, well, I mean Vaseline. And they say, well, why didn't you just say that? <laughs> and then uh, you just get quiet. And then they say, yes, we have some Vaseline for sale. And then you buy the Rite Aid brand because it's cheaper and it's the same thing. But it just says petroleum jelly. That's right. All right. This is off to a banging start. That was a horrific story. Um, about 850,000 people in the United States in 2013 took uh this has got a lot of stats in it by the way was it just 850 i'm surprised i thought it was like a million no i've got the stats right here my friend okay under key findings uh in 2013 more than 848,000 adult adults worldwide took at least one of the five content area tests so that's our first point is the ged isn't a single test but it is five subtests are what they call them. Well, it was in 2013. That's right. It switched in 2014. This is a heck of a time to be talking about GEDs. It really is. Because there's been some big changes lately. Uh, and only, well, not only, but uh, 743,000 completed the entire test battery in 2013. And the reason why was because that change, usually it's fewer than that. Usually yeah. the the proportion of people who take the, the GED to the people who take and finish the GED the same year yes. is much different. There's a huge difference. This year, or 2013, it was close because everybody wanted to complete it because it was about to get a lot harder in 2014. Yeah, and 75% of those who took the complete battery of tests passed it. 
uh, and the the way they have a uh, it's pretty cool the way they establish the passing score is they give it to high school graduates and uh, the top sixty percent of high school seniors uh, they compare that against the test they use that as the norm I did not know that yeah that is very clever yeah I thought so I mean that's a High school equivalency test. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And the whole, a lot, I mean, you kind of said it like, well, people, you know, drop out of high school and then years later they say, yeah, maybe I should go back. An average of nine years, by the way. Is it nine now? Yeah, nine years later. And the, they had statistics from, I think, starting from, geez, many, many years ago. And they've remained pretty consistent as far as. Yeah. Uh, racial divide and uh, men or women and then mm-hmm. people who pass or people who fail, reasons people take it. It's fairly consistent over the years. It's right. pretty interesting. But the the reason people take it um, ultimately is so they can get gainful employment. But it seems to flip-flop depending on the economy, whether they're going to go on and go to uh, college yeah. afterward because you need your GED to get into college. Yeah. Or because as the general education um, development uh, people say, there's roughly four million jobs out there that are just waiting for people to prove that they can fill them. And one way to prove that is to have a GED. It basically says, I am qualified for most of your unskilled labor, at least. And so going and getting a GED is for a lot of people a huge investment in their future. Sure. Um, so that's pretty much why the GED it provides, quote, proof of readiness for higher education or the workplace. That's the whole point. It, it's, it's, it's proof that you're ready to move on. Uh, yeah, and they actually have statistics, too, on why people take it. Um, 63% say they, they took it for educational reasons. Uh, and it's not just one or the other. I think it can be multiple reasons because... More than half, and I thought this was pretty neat, 53% said they tested for personal reasons, such as being a positive role model and for a sense of personal satisfaction. And then 53% uh, said for uh, employment reasons, to get a job, basically. So I thought that was those findings were interesting. I like the role model thing. Like, uh, Even though uh, only 4.5% of the people who take it are over 50 years of age, I say hats off to that 4.5% because they, you know, that's probably personal satisfaction or role model reasons right there. Mm-hmm. You're never too old to get educated. Don't give up. That sounds like an ending, but this is just the beginning. <laughs> well, maybe we can cut and paste it onto the ending. I'll say it again at the end. Okay. So um, people have pretty great reasons for this. It also helps the economy. If you have a bunch of unfilled jobs out there in your economy... And you have a bunch of unemployed people, and all that you need to get the two together is proof that this group of people is qualified to fill this these unfilled jobs. Yeah. Then you have a real need to get those people qualified as easily as possible. And for many, 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 many years, the GED was a state-sponsored, nonprofit way of making that happen. That's right. If you want stats to back that up, sir. Okay. Uh, the net lifetime fiscal contribution of a high school graduate or GED holder is almost $300,000. Wow. Uh, and you're going to have about a $10,000 difference in annual salary if you get that GED or do not. And uh, with 1.2 million 
college dropouts each year. Um, people should encourage people to take the GED, and I'm going to go out and say, and people are probably going to be mad, some people, I think it should be subsidized if you want your GED. I think you should be able to take it for free. Well, in a lot of states it is. Some states, but a lot of people have a big problem with that. Shouldn't have dropped out of high school to begin with. Yeah. But um, that doesn't make any sense because what we need are more educated people so they can get better jobs and not be a tax burden in other ways. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so the whole idea of the GED initially was – it was basically a compromise between the military – and the ACE, the American Council of Educators, I believe. And um, apparently when World War II broke out or when the U.S. entered the Second World War, um, there was this idea of just handing out wartime diplomas. Yeah. If you came aboard, you got drafted, you, you enlisted, whatever, you can just have your high school diploma. And uh, the ACE said, uh, that's a really bad idea because you're going to have some people coming back afterward who are unqualified, but people will think they're, they're qualified. It's just bad for the economy to do that. Let's yeah. come up with something else. Military said, fine, do it. And the ACE said, fine, we will. Yeah. And they went <laughs> off and they came up with the what is the GED. Yeah, and for five years it was just for military. Right. Like you had to be a, a military um, service member to, to take the GED. And then after that they're like, you know what, this is a pretty good idea. So let's expand it to everybody. Yeah, it was a great idea. Uh, and they did expand it, and over the years since then, uh, it has gone through now five iterations. Um, previously to 2014, the last one was in 2002, and uh, it's changed quite a bit over the years. Um, like all standardized uh, standardized tests, I guess. Uh, previously, like back in the 1940s and 50s, um, it was pretty much just reading and writing skills, social studies science and math, but like basic skills. They didn't try to make it like a uh, like a real world test. You know, does that make sense? Uh, like real yes, world I, applications. I see what you mean, yeah. Like yeah. later on, they started putting things like newspaper articles right. that you could read instead of just like read this text about Johnny and his dog. Right. And I yeah, I think it was definitely also geared toward uh, people at high school level maturity too, and then later on they were like, "Well, we've got a lot more adults taking this than we realize, so right. let's change it." It just took them like thirty years to make that change. Yeah, um, it took on a lot more of a conceptual evaluation over the years as well, and uh, showing people examples from like, like I said, real world, their home life and right. their work life, so they can say, "Hey, that's me in these test examples. I get it." And it's not, uh, it's, it's more humanized, I think. Right. Plus, they instituted a big one, uh, the, the writing test, an essay section. Yeah. That was definitely new. Yeah. Critical thinking skills. Yeah. And, uh, all of a sudden, GED got a little harder. Yeah. But it wasn't over then. And we'll talk about more after this. So, Chuck, they revamped the GED in 1978 for like the first time, seriously, in 30 years. Yeah. And um, it's a little more real world, a little more reflective. And they just missed this the cusp of a real change. Because in 1982, the world became a little more aware of the fact that it was globalizing. And so six years after that, 1988, mm-hmm. the GED said, we need to, to make some changes as well. Right. And they revamped again. 
Had they just waited until 1988, they could have skipped the whole 1978 revamp. <laughs> That's true. And 88 is when they added that essay uh, component, which was makes a lot of sense to me. Did they? I thought they added it in 1978. No. Huh. And in 78 is when they separated the reading test and uh, basically said, we're not going to do any more of this just straight up like fact recall stuff. Gotcha. Um. And at this point in 1988, only 30% of the takers were taking the test for employment. 60% um, were taking it to basically go to college. Yeah, and that's reflective of a larger thing where the premium or the the rebate you get for a college degree was much higher. Right. And that fluctuates over time. And I read this paper where you can basically look at it like supply and demand, Mm -hmm. where if employers are saying... We need more skilled labor, um, so you need to go to college. But if you do, we're going to pay you more. Then more people who took the GED would go on to to um, college or whatever. Right. But if not, when the premium was lower, say like unions were in charge and they were like, our people don't need college educations, right. but you're still going to pay them well, sure. then people would take the GED just to get into industry. Yeah. Interesting. They're all very closely aligned. Now people are like, do you even need a college education? Which to me, I think is a separate episode that we should do. I totally agree, dude, because the whole notion of, uh, there's a lot of people challenging, uh, the validity of college these days. Yeah. And especially the stupidity of taking out exorbitant amounts of stu- student loans. Right. They're going to cripple you and cripple the economy of the United States. Well, yeah. I mean, especially if you're not going to be able to make that back. Yeah. Um, There's some people that say that the student loan problem is like the biggest problem facing our economy. Yes. They're called Occupy Wall Street. (laughs) No, they're called Mark Cuban, like a lot of smart people. Yeah. Businessmen are saying this is just getting out of hand. Yeah. I think we should definitely do an episode on that. Yeah. So before you can go to college, though, you need that GED or your high school diploma. Um, So let's say you do want to take the GED. These days, you can prep yourself. You don't have to just go in cold. There are all kinds of materials you can get online. Um, if you go through the official uh, GED uh, site, because there are now three things you can do. There are three tests you can take. GED isn't your only option. No, it used to have a monopoly in the United States. Yeah, but since uh, Pearson Education, a private company, basically, I guess, bought bought it out, right? Yeah, the ACE, the American uh, Council of Educators, right? <laughs> On education. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, they were the ones that owned GED. Right. And they were running it as a nonprofit. That's right. And they said, we need to revamp this, so we're going to take on a for-profit education educational publisher, Yeah, Pearson. And Pearson came in and said, okay, thanks for bringing us on. Uh, do you know what a hostile takeover is? <laughs> and the ACE said, not really. We're edu-. And then they were pushed out of the door. Here's a banker's box. Exactly. So, it. Right. So Pearson took over and is running this for, as for profit. Yeah. Uh, but there are other options now. Um, I think Pearson and the official GED is the only one available in all 50 states. But most states now, you can also take the TASC, which is run by... Uh, also known as TASC. McGraw-Hill yeah. or... H little I big S E T high set, which is administered by ETS. 
And, uh, in most states now you can have your choice of all of those. Um, yeah, what happened was in 2014, the GED, which was a basically, uh, NGO run, non-profit, uh, testing resource. Yeah. Um, became privatized. Yeah. And now there's competition among private businesses. That's right. So where I started with all this gobbledygook was how to prep. Um, depending on which test you take, you will probably want to use their testing materials, although they say that, um, any kind of preparatory materials that you can find are probably going to be good for all three of the tests. Um, because yeah. while they're not exactly alike, they all have the basic standard five components. Or four. Oh, are there only four on some of them? Yeah, so apparently the GED went from um, two language and language arts and reading modules to one. Okay. But basically they're covering language arts or reading, science, math, and social studies. Right, before it was language arts and writing and then language arts and reading, and now that's just one. Yeah, it's called reasoning through language arts in the GED battery. Nice. Uh, the whole kit and caboodle is going to take you uh, close to eight hours um, it's all parsed out into time. But if you do need more time, if you have uh, some sort of learning disability or something, or if you want to be in a room by yourself, most of these testing centers will accommodate that. Yeah, visual learners are easily distracted by other people in the room. Yeah, I am. So that's why they stick. They oh, that say makes sense. You, you, can have, you can have your own room. Dude, I never thought about that. That makes total sense. Like, I do my best studying for the podcast when I go in one of our office rooms and just lock the door. Right. And also because Jonathan Strickland is super loud. <laughs> he was pretty loud. Yeah. He loves telling stories really loudly. <laughs> okay. So also uh, a lot of, uh, if you're interested in taking the GED, a lot of information uh, you're going to want is, it depends on the state, like where you can take it, how much it's going to cost. It all varies by state. Um, and the guidelines of your state are going to dictate uh, sometimes which one you have to take. Right. I think the state of Washington signed a deal with uh, Pearson to make that the only one for the state. Yeah, I think there's 12 states where you have a choice of all three. Oh, is that all, just 12? Uh-huh. Um, but the GED is available in not all 50 states. I think some of them dropped it. Interesting. I think Pearson really ticked off a lot of companies by was, basically yeah. saying, uh, you, you remember these fees that uh, before it was, the, the state was subsidizing it. Right. To an extent, some states were saying, uh, okay, so this is how much the test people charge. Right. And then we can add fees onto that. So that's, that's how it stands still today. Yeah, to run the, uh, to run the center where they take it is where those fees come from. Right, exactly. Some states said, uh, we're not adding any additional fees and we're going to subsidize the actual cost of the test. Right. Um, so when the, when the, when GED doubled basically their rates, um, they were passing it along to the states and basically saying, you know, pass it along to, to the test takers if you want. Right. The thing is, is like these are disproportionately low income people. Right. And doubling the rates, even even if we're talking like fifty, sixty dollars suddenly being like a hundred, a hundred and twenty dollars. Sure. That's a significant increase in cost. Yeah, cost and that's, prohibitive in some cases. Right. That's just for the test too. That's not that's not for prep materials and that kind of thing, which a lot of states also uh, subsidized as well and gave out for free. Yeah. So I think Pearson ticked some people off with the with the sudden for profit model. But Pearson, in its defense, says well, we really kind of updated this thing for the 21st century. Yeah, they moved it to a computer based test, uh, not an online test, 
but it has to be taken, the GED brand test, Pearson test, has to be taken on a computer now, whereas the other two uh, you can still take with pen and paper or on a computer. Right. But Pearson says in the long run this is going to save money um, because it's cheaper to do things on a computer. But that also came with some controversy because while it seems to us like computers are ubiquitous and everybody in 2014 knows how to use one, mm-hmm. maybe a really poor 50-year-old person has never touched a computer. So they have to learn how to use a computer before they can even take the test. Right. So, Chuck, we were talking about the controversy, right? Because yeah. I, I put it kind of flippily earlier, like the GED was privatized. Mm-hmm. And it is essentially as simple as that. But that's that. It, there, there's so much more to that. It doesn't just exist in a vacuum. It's such a loaded concept these days. Yeah. To take education and privatize it. Sure. Um, that that or add a for-profit model to education. Um, it, it has brought a lot of criticism. Again, Pearson's saying, uh, yeah, we kind of need these people to take this test on computers because. That's where the jobs are. Like you have to know how to use a computer yeah. to to work almost anywhere these days. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's a good thing to make these people learn to use a computer first. Yeah. So there's, you know, what's what's the problem in that? Um, a lot of people would respond and say, "That's great. Maybe this is something we could have implemented a little more slowly. Right? Maybe you could have given the states and then hence the state funded testing centers." Mm-hmm. A little more of a heads up that this is where it was going to go. Right. Or provide the computer as an option. Right. Because not every job involves a computer. No, it's true f- for now. But uh, Task and Highset both offer computer and paper versions, right? Yeah. Like you said, um, th- th- again, Pearson says, well, that's great. The state still has to pay for grading of the pen and paper versions. With yeah. the computerized version, we have it all built in. People don't have to wait around for their scores. They get it immediately. Sure. Since it's on a computer and it can be graded by the computer, apparently you can take a module, you can find out that you, you didn't pass the module right. immediately and take it two more times before having to enter like a 30 or 60 day waiting period. You can just sit there and take it two more times right there. Yeah, that's pretty handy. So, I mean, there is, it's not entirely like, you know, Evil Co. came in and took over sure. the GED. Yeah. But I think the the sweeping changes they made were so abrupt that it 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 caught a lot of people off guard, and, and they're I mean they're suffering as a result. Some people, some states have just entirely dropped the, the GED. It's not even an option. Wow, the official GED. Right. So you brought up a good point. Um, you don't have to take the entire test at once uh, because some people can't afford 160 bucks yeah. or more. Uh, you can break it out into modules and pay as you go. Uh, and like you said, if you don't pass one, you can retake just that module. It's not all or nothing, right? which is great. Uh, you can take it in Spanish. You can take it in French, I think, too. Yeah. The, you said at the very beginning that around the world, 850,000 people took it. Yeah. You can be elsewhere in the world to get your U.S. high school uh, diploma. Yeah, that's interesting. Or equivalent of the diploma, your GED. Uh, they have braille versions. Um, they have large print and audio versions. And don't show up and expect that though. That's the kind of thing that when you're registering, you have to, uh, let them know and make sure that they can accommodate you. Yeah. And it's also interesting that people, some people say, you know, this whole computer thing is, is a mess, but most of the information you're going to have to go to online to find out this stuff. Right. I mean, it's available too. I mean, you can go to the learning center and stuff like that yeah. and get a pamphlet, I'm sure still. 
But everything I saw was like, hey, go online and check out this. Go online and check out your state's guidelines. Right. Go online and check out study courses. Yeah. So it helps to, you know, have that capability. But you can go to a public uh, library and get online. You can. You know. You can also get all the printed stuff at your library, too. Um, one of the big changes, too, that, that um, Pearson took a little heat for was uh, they were revamping everything so much from five modules to four. Scoring went in completely different directions. I think it used to be something like a 2100 or 2250 was the minimum. Now it's 150 uh, score is the minimum. So like per module. Just, no, total, I think. What? Yeah. So overall, they just completely revamped everything. So they said, if you are taking your GED in 2013 and you've got like three or four of the five modules, you might want to finish your fifth one because come 2014. Yeah. You are going to have to take it all over again, which is why there was this huge rush to go take it. But I read this one article, and a guy named Jose Ortiz of Fort Myers, Florida, said that he was waiting to take it in 2014 because he heard it was going to be harder, and he looked forward to the greater challenge of it. Nice. Hats off, Jose. Yeah, that's awesome. I think the math um, section got considerably more difficult Yeah. Uh, because now you are expected to uh, be able to pass up through Algebra 2. Yeah. And apparently that is higher, uh, that's more math than is required at the community college level in a lot of cases. Algebra. So they've taken a lot of heat. I was interested in taking the GED, actually. Yeah. If it was free, I would have taken it to see how I did. There's no, like, uh, free sample test online? I don't know. I can see them having it locked down now. Maybe. Uh, If you're going to take the test, uh, it is still at a testing center. There are over 3,200 of those uh, across the U.S., and they're going to be at community colleges, public schools, adult education, uh, continuing ed centers, adult stuff, stuff like that. Adult education. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love how they're like the hipster band now. Are they? Oh yeah, hipsters are all like yeah. Hollow Notes is so awesome. It's like where were you in 1987? Man, that was, was my first show. Made fun of. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wish I was. Hollow Notes until Tuesday. They're still great, man. Hollow Notes sounds awesome still. Yeah. That uh, live from Daryl's house, have you ever seen that? No. He has a studio in his uh, at his place, and he has a show on Palladia, I think, where he has musicians come in, and like everyone from Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top to Hootie. Darius Rucker? Rucker. Yeah. He's country now. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, he's a country guy. And uh, they'll just come in and do like, they'll do like a Hollow Note song and then like a ZZ Top song that's and awesome. or, Whatever they want to do. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Did you ever see the Guar at the AV Club's live concert series? Oh, when they did the cover series? Yeah. That's one of my favorite things is the AV Club's undercover. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, every year they take, uh, I think it's like 20 songs, put them on a board, and then one at a time bands choose them uh-huh. and mark them off. And so as like time goes on, you You're have less and less <laughs> choice. Yeah, but Guar, who did they do? <sighs> man, I don't remember what they did. Oh, man, it was really good, too. And it was the... They'd been on once before. The only one I saw was their second appearance. I can't remember. It's worth just look up Guar and AV Club. Yeah, I highly recommend the whole series. They've been doing it for a few years now. It's pretty cool. I saw Ted Leo and the Pharmacist did an awesome version of uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Man, that is a good... That whole record from beginning to end is amazing. Songs from the big chair? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. We do... uh, El Chipo does Shout. That's a good one. Yeah, and it's super easy. Uh, oh, the one I saw was Billy Ocean. 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> but apparently Guar also has done, uh, they've covered Kansas, they've covered the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, the Kansas one I've seen. They did Carry On My Wayward Son, didn't they? Uh, probably. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Guar. How do we get on that? Uh, From GED. Hollow Notes. Adult Education. Yep. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have anything else. I don't either. Um, so, like I said before, I would say it again. It's never too late. You can inspire your kid, your grandkid maybe. If they're thinking about dropping out of high school, you go out and take that test and show them that, uh, that education is valuable. Yes. That's, that's from your Uncle Chuck. Nice, Chuck. And Uncle Josh. Yeah. Your Aunt Jerry. Aunt or aunt? I say aunt, but people say aunt, so I do. Aunt? <laughs> uh, you say aunt, right? Yeah, I say aunt. Yeah. Aunt. Yeah. It's supposed to be guttural and clipped, like German. Yeah, I still call my, as a 43-year-old, I still call my aunts and uncles, like Uncle Jimmy, Uncle Steve. Yeah, I still I just, it'd be weird. And my, my nieces are in their early twenties now and they call me Uncle Chuck and Aunt Emily. And yeah, it'd be, it'd be weird if they just called me Chuck. Oh, I have mine call me Mr. Clark. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Well, since we got into the aunt versus aunt debate, that means, uh, you can type in GED in the search bar at howstuffworks.com and get your foot in the door, get started at learning how to use a computer to prepare to take the Pearson-based GED test. Uh, and I think I said search bar in there, right? Yeah. Which means it's time for listener mail. Uh, this is from uh, Joachim in Denmark, and it's about goats licking feet. Oh, yeah, this is serious. Hey, guys, I'm sitting here listening to your SALT podcast, uh, re-listening to it, and suddenly remembered why that episode annoyed me last time I listened to it. Yeah, I don't, I didn't see why he had to say annoyed him, but well, okay. Well, I think he's from Denmark. I don't think they're annoyed. It's like our annoyed. Oh, gotcha. You know? Hey, you're off the hook, Joaquin. <laughs> Joaquin. Um, <laughs> you mentioned a particular type of torture called goat's tongue and categorized it as kind of a tickle torture. Uh, what you need to know about goats is they can eat and digest just about anything, including you, me, the thing you live in, the thing you drive in. The thing you're married to, and the thing that pays you money. <laughs> really like that. Uh, goats will very slowly but very doggedly lick the flesh clean off the soles of your feet. Uh, if you ever had a small cut underneath your feet, you'll know that you're uh, we're actually quite sensitive down there. Um, having the flesh licked off will expose all your nerve endings, which the goat will then proceed to lick through. Think of it like having the soles of your feet sandpapered off, <laughs> and then just keep sandpapering till there's nothing left but bone. Uh, that is from, like I said, Joachim in Denmark. And, um, that was it. It just kind of stopped right there. He gets a total break because he, no, he had other stuff to say, like what a big fan he was. And he's re-listened to a lot of these, so he can say whatever he wants. Oh, awesome. Because he re-listens. Yeah. And who on earth would do that? Man, some people <laughs> do, like re-listen to the whole thing. Man. My God, eyes bleed you. at the thought. <laughs> you okay, everybody? Are you okay? Yeah. People who are listening to this for the third time. Well, you QA'd the podcast before their release. Yeah. I listened to them after the release to make sure that nothing got through that shouldn't have. Oh, really? You didn't know that? No. Yeah. I didn't know my QA was being QA'd. No, no, no. Not that. I'm just teasing. There's been a few times where we've been like, uh, there's a little mess up in there, Aunt Jerry. (laughs) Aunt Jerry. But all that. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's right. We say aunt when we're angry. (laughs) All that is to say that it's 
all I can do to say this stuff and listen to it again. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah. That's like one of the worst parts of our job. Yeah. And happy Thanksgiving <laughs> to us one and all. <laughs> right? Right. So if you want to get in, ch- in touch with Uncle Chuck, Mr. Clark, or Aunt Jerry, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web. It's called StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 